Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Channel Talk. Scotty, welcome back. Thank and you. And Dan, welcome. Welcome for the first time. Very, very excited about exploring the uh, brave new world, if you like, of the uh, MSP and how much we're listening about what the role of the MSP listening to in terms of what the role of the MSP is now, in particular where it sits in that new relevance of channel ecosystems and that legitimate go-to-market of an ecosystem, and in particular using the contemporary automation tools that are around, the SaaS tools that are around to help them survive and thrive. And there's no better person to talk to uh, than uh, than Dan Chomisevsky, who's currently the uh, Executive VP of Channels at Kaseya. Welcome, Dan. Uh, Dan's fame actually comes from uh, living in the MSP world, working and running MSPs for a while and developing uh, what is now almost ubiquitous, which is the uh, Powered Services Marketing Enablement Platform, which I believe, if I'm not wrong, has helped over 7,000 MSPs build new business opportunities, go to market faster, and of course, maintain better relevance. Dan is also the host of the Connect IT uh, Powered Services podcast. So welcome, Dan. Scott, uh, welcome back. Uh, Scott, I will be dwelling into your, your recent experience in particular of uh, exposure to MSPs and the kind of customer interaction that we're getting in their relevance, particularly in terms of them starting to look like more of a prime contractor to, uh, for procurement as much as they are a service provider into, into their customers. So I know I've cast a huge automation net uh, in that. I want to start, gents, by starting to explore what you're seeing, what you guys are seeing uh, in terms of enablement platforms for MSPs, uh, but in particular in, in, in terms of that ecosystem framework and how they can actually continue to go down those various swim lanes, lanes their customers are being uh, asked of them. So in that context, go for it, guys. Dan, can I start with you? Sure. I mean, uh, look, I think when you look at it from an MSP perspective today in terms of the ecosystems and things that they're doing, you know, I think it's really important, you know, MSPs today, the content, I think, is really key. Um, a lot of times content that gets put out, it's so technical, it speaks over people's heads. Um, so it doesn't matter what platform or system you can use, because we definitely want, you know, you should be looking at automation and doing those things. But it's the content you're putting out. Is it relevant? Is it speaking to the audience? Is it hitting the persona? Uh, is, is it doing those things? And that's really one of the things that we focused on you know, tremendously is, is giving people content that's humanized is what I say. You know, you're not talking about backup in a backup world. You're talking about it in a, a normal conversation that you'd have with someone that knows absolutely nothing about backup, but is looking for it. Um, so I, I think, you know, when you look at what's important today, I think you got to have really good content and then supporting that with your automation, you know, being able to post on a regular basis, you know, without having to log in every day, you know, having a good CRM and list. I mean, those things I think are critical for the MSP today to really be able to go out there and drive a successful marketing on a digital world. Yeah, Ted, that, 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 that's critical. We're seeing that more and more in that uh, the engagement of our customers to third-party SaaS applications because they want to be able to create unsolicited proposals to go to their customer and say, I'm giving you values, I've just sold you something. And it really is important from a churn perspective. And Scott... Um, your response to that, because you're sitting in front of some of these and behind some of these and automating the transaction so that it actually turns into money rather than just a great idea. Well, look, I think the MSPs have struggled generally uh, from an automation point of view and collecting data to enrich those sort of offers and explanations around backup or whatever it is. 
Um, you know, the, the work we've been doing just recently is a lot about capturing in-store base because without that, they can't do some of the offers they want to do with the customer base because they simply don't know what the customer base has. And, you know, we've been slotting in with um, all sorts of different platforms to make that data more rich so that the offers, rather than broadcasting back up to someone who's already got it or someone who doesn't need it, you're broadcasting it only to the ones that actually have that kind of hole in their uh, their offering. Yeah, and Dan, you talk about content, and, and I wanted to uh, look at that for a bit because even in the um, in, in, in the world of Kaseya, well, we're talking about uh, data, IT, glue, rapid fire, Unitrans, spanning cloud, true methods, ID agent graphics, uh, you know, rocket cyber, and probably some that I that I haven't. That's a lot. That's a lot to take mm -hmm. to a customer. So there would be a lot of campaigning involved, but there would be a lot of cross-architecture, reference architecture, upsell opportunities. So the proposal would come from, from you as to this is what you should do in terms of your installed base, and then it needs to be automated. Um, how do you guys manage all that, particularly from a content point of view, which is different, even though it is data, it's, tip, it's different from the transaction data point of view? Yeah, so look, it's really important when you think about it today, an MSP typically isn't selling products on their own. Um, typically, they're looking at it as, hey, I want to sell my complete solution. So really, we're look, we have the sales sheets, the infographics, the, the decks you need for each individual product uh, to be able to help you go to market if you are going back or you want to cross-sell it to existing customers or you do those things. But what we're finding is, is most of the industry, you know, when you go and have your solution stack, you're not selling just a network assessment. You're not selling documentation. You're not, that's a part of your bigger picture. So really what we focus on now is how do we help you, the MSP, actually sell your entire solution? Because if we can help you sell your entire solution, yeah, there may be other vendors involved or products that we don't do or things like that. But at the end of the day, we know that the products and services that a customer has with us is going along for the ride. So how do we help that MSP go in and deliver great content marketing, thought leadership, and get that customer to a point where they're having the conversation with the MSP, that's really where we see the victories and you know MSPs winning is teaching the MSP to get to that point. Because if we can get people to recognize it and come in and have a conversation, now that MSP is walking out the door with all their solutions you know, getting passed versus just trying to sell one or two individual. Yeah, and it talks exactly to what, what what I was referring to before, what we're seeing where the MSP is almost a prime contractor of everyone's procurement, including the services that they've created and presenting to themselves. Scott, I know you're seeing that more and more. And what talk to, you're not allowed to be modest here. I mean, what 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 we're seeing is over two billion dollars worth of transactions on the being managed on the platform across 850 plus vendors that talks to that so how do you manage all that how do you manage the transactions or we're talking about uh, that's coming from vendor distributor and msps and service providers providers and bars but uh, where does where, where does the transaction site sit in terms of a go-to-market where uh, like dance platform for example is creating the demand creating the the, the primary demand for for an upgrade a cross grade a sell a new solution uh, look, I think Nick, the the classic problem has been what they're automating. So even though <clears throat> Dan's organisations and ours are going into uh, resellers and MSPs at a different level, 
there's still there's some that are still uh, sort of uh, grappling with old ERP systems. I mean, they haven't even got their financials really. You know, their financial house in order. That's probably you know the number one advice. I, I wouldn't buy anyone's platform until you've got that ERP or at least bookkeeping if you're a small MSP done and dusted because if you can't count you know the the money you you're never going to get anywhere in the first place then you start to surround it with uh platforms like both of ours and really what we're trying to do is trap all the transactional data make sure that the resellers or the msps are not missing out on uh, opportunities in the install base and then launching across the product lifecycle piece so that they don't miss, you know, the next upgrade, cross-grade, upsell, mm -hmm. uh, but actually have the underlying data, you know, contract dates, serial numbers if required, et cetera, and that's all honed into their ITSM systems. So we're trying to actually get this clean data set, which I know is almost impossible, but it can be done better with all of our platforms interconnecting so that there is one source of truth across all of them. Yeah, which both of you are talking to an, an important point right now, which comes across virtually every cross conversation that I'm having, Dan and Scott, and that is churn, which is another way of how can I also not just uh, expand my business, but keep my business. Ironically, I keep my business by expanding my business in the same customer, but I need to give them reasons to every time. And then your platform gives them reasons to every time. But in, unless that can be transacted, um, then sometimes that fast go-to-market can go away. Uh, what are you both seeing in terms of speeding up the uh, transaction process once a decision is made? And making sure that it's frictionless because a big, big stop uh, outside of outside of IT, which can get into the way of a decision. Let's forget that for a minute. Um, this has been made and needs to be frictionless. Um, what are you seeing? What what platforms are being integrated? Uh, I'm really digging into your experience here because expand sales and renew and extend sales, especially renew sales, are a big deal for our audience. And I really want to go into that uh, for a bit. First, from the Dan, from the create the uh, marketing opportunity, if you like, and then Scott, how do you then turn that into a sales opportunity? Yeah, I think from a marketing opportunity, MSPs have got to be on the education mode and not in the sales mode. So, look, whether it's an exist, if you have an existing customer that churns for and goes to another MSP because there's a better service or better product or or something that you're just not doing. That's because you're not having quality relationship time with your customer. You're not understanding their business and what's going on. What's really important in today's world is that you have meaningful conversations with your customer. And you have to make sure that you're demonstrating the value of what you're providing. You know, it's one of the analogies we use is most people don't, under, don't know what hot water heater brand they have inside their house because it just works. When do you know that brand is when it goes bad and it's yeah. not providing hot water anymore and you understand it? Well, think about that from an IT perspective. If you're that customer that's sitting out, you know, and our stuff is always working, things are going great, are you still in front of them? Are you still there letting them know what you're blocking, what you're tackling and what you're doing and demonstrating that value so then they understand the brand to the value. You know what I'm saying? Like so many times we just think everything's running great. They're not having any tickets. This is great. I don't need to go talk to them. No, it should be the opposite. You should be having meaningful conversations, building that pipeline, looking at other 
project and really demonstrating the value with them. Okay, Scotty, can you respond to that with the view that with a lot of our customers, there's a really long tail that could come from a marketing campaign and you have to automate it. So you're not going to get that meaningful conversation with a significant number of uh, potential prospects and customers. Hey, look, Nick, let's take apart the churn bit for a minute. The MSPs have got a number of challenges with vendors and there's two distinct spaces. There's cloud and then there's classic renewals. Um, literally last week, we set up a new MSP and their manufacturer broadcasts the renewals base or what they have, what they know about it to all of their distributors in play and all the resellers. So everyone's got everyone's record effectively. So what we did is we moved their renewal cadence another 30 days earlier. So they were already on the front foot with their customer before any of their competitors sniffed out that there might be a renewal opportunity because of this, the nature of this broadcast. So that automation piece yep. is critical in trying to reduce churn on a just an annual maintenance basis. On cloud, you've got to do that every month. And how do you get your arms around, you know, massive Microsoft or AWS files or whatever cloud consumption uh, company you're dealing with? So, you know, we build the tools to be able to ingest those files very, very quickly, populate ERP, get the invoices out the door, find all the credits, deal with all the credit piece, and then let them move on to the next part, which is creatively upselling. Because if you don't, uh, TSIA, I can't remember the number, but if you don't upsell during the life of that contract, the chances of renewal are a lot less. So that's the, the, the piece on the churn. On the marketing piece, you know, automation, I mean, you know me, automation's everything. At the end of the day, on long tail in particular, if you're an AV company, uh, and you're dealing through global channels and it's $200 for an AV renewal or whatever it is, um, people just simply don't have the time to pick up the phone because at 5 or 6% margin, they've lost money by literally picking up the phone and wasting time on it. So you've got to hyper-automate that entire long tail, that high-frequency, low-value renewals base. And we've seen a huge amount of success. Doing it with the channel involved, not not breaking the channel apart, which is, you know, some of the manufacturers think that once they've got a sale, the renewal's ours, so we'll just do with it what we will. We try and keep that channel transaction intact and so everyone stays in touch with that customer, which then reduces churn. Okay, so I want to go into a bit, bit, bit of a bit more, bit more detail here because um, I'm hearing from both of you things like education mode and meaningful conversation, which I completely agree. That's exactly what um, we're all supposed to be doing because we're supposed to be trying to give values, you know, give someone something that they can't do without and, and, and continuously doing that, never, never ending. So I would say that uh, in today's world, uh, what you're both offering, and I'll, I'll give you both a chance to respond, what you're both offering is true custom success platforms. Would you call what you do, Dan, uh, a true customer success platform? Yeah, I would, because we're looking at it with that MSP from start to finish and then maintaining. I think you always have to build a plan. You can't just buy a product or a solution and, and just mm -hmm. figure that out on your own. We want to help you figure that out. What's mm -hmm. a good go-to-market strategy? What's your packaging and your pricing? What should it be? We've done it. We'll actually go and go on calls with you and help you and support you. Um, you know, So that way you're not out there figuring it out. We can help you and do it with you. I think that's what really differentiates it. And that's really where I think of it as a success platform or a six, you know, is because if we can do that correctly and you see the language to use in a, in a proposal, 
when you're out giving a proposal, like you know how to speak to it and like really be able right. to add that value and you start to see success, it's replicated. And then you replicate that on your next one and your next one and your next one. And we've taught them the, the in our language, you know, MSP success and, and how yeah. we can get you there. So a hundred percent, that's what we're focused on. And, mm. you know, I think it's what really makes the program successful is, is that we meet you at where you're at and what maturity level you're at. Uh, and the program can grow with you from that point forward. Yeah, I, I'll quote you, MSP success. We're hearing that so much more. Uh, and, and, and it relates to uh, help me be uh, the, 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 the one contact to my, to, my, to my customer because they're moving to everything, everything the cloud, maybe, uh, that we're, we're, you know, we're working on you know, services and service and service provision and all kinds of service provision, and it's all coming from me. I can only be successful if I give you the lot. But I also need to have partnerships around the place where they can add the value of education or add the value of te technical expertise or add the add the value of uh, fulfillment um, because I don't have it, but I need all these additional touch points in my ecosystem, but I want to be the prime contractor. And when you're creating all those cross-vendor uh if you like reference architectures into an installed base where they need that uh I, 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 before scott before i get you to answer the same question i'm just curious about the uptake then on 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 those kinds of propositions because they just seem to be you know prop, a, a platform you just can't ignore if you're an msp yeah so look i think today a challenge an msp has Let's figure it, the, the average number we see is that they have about 17 different vendors, okay? You can have more or less, but let's say you have 17 different vendors, all giving you 17 different ways to sell and 17 different ideas. And you're the MSP sitting back there going, well, how do I even make, how do I put this together? And I think that's the challenge because I heard you say, you know, they're asking for that help. They are asking for that help. And what ends up happening is, is they get 17 different ways to, to sell an individual product, but nobody is really working on, let's help you sell your whole solution, put it into that whole solution piece. Because a lot of these guys, that's what they're focused on. And I think it goes back to that is, is teaching people. So like, yeah, we've got a lot of products. There's a lot of solutions that you can get from us. But at the end of the day, our products and solutions have to work with other things that we necessarily don't sell today. Um, you know, And how do we do that? We're able to coach you. We're able to guide you. We're able to, that way, you're not calling 20 people to ask for that success is we can sit there and say, okay, you've got this product, this product, comparing that with IT glue and documentation and different things like that. This is how you should go to market. Let's go try and put this go to market plan forward. And people are really appreciate that because now they got one place, one way to do it and one support team that can support them with that go-to-market motion. And now they're seeing their MSP and they're sitting there going, this is great. I, I figured it out. And you can just see those light bulbs go off as they're growing their business. Yeah. Now, Scott, um, I do need you to answer that from isiatsup.com, a customer success platform. But coming from what Dan's been talking about, about creating that primary demand for an opportunity but then what we see a lot, it then needs to be transacted and they could all turn to nothing. Nick, I've always seen us as a channel success platform, not necessarily a customer success platform. We're not up against sort of the gain sites of the world. And, and to me, if you look, look at a lot of the customer success piece, it's about adoption. 
that, you know, really you're trying to get the CS teams are trying to get the customer to adopt more and more of or more user count or more, you know, expand sales of the product. Um, so we underpin that in that we know all the transactional information flowing out to that customer so that we can then give the tools to the MSP to be able to drive that operational piece to customer success. But you still need uh, some focus on helping that customer use whatever technology they've bought. And to Dan's point, you know, we, we often say there's 30 vendors in some of these MSPs, not 17. You've got... Um, uh, and all vendors want your MSP to transact a particular way. You know, you can end up with all this convoluted work that really what the MSP should be doing is they're the business consultant for the end customer, for want of a better term, the systems analyst. We used to call them in the old programming days, taking business initiatives or compliance or whatever they're trying to do and convert that into technology, not what the vendors want them to do, which is to walk in and sell them the vendor. So they have to step between, you know, a fine line between keeping the vendors happy and also deploying the right technologies for that particular customer and then making sure they stay current, whether it's, you know, maintenance packages, uh, on selling their own MSP professional services and tracking that piece of it as well and making sure the customer's got access to that support. But again, to Dan's point, it's all about having one throat to choke because, you know, a lot of these businesses can't afford to ring four or five different MSPs because they're buying bits and pieces off each one. They need a central place to go to really to, to get that support piece. Yeah, that's that's I love that because what we're starting to do is, 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 is warm into this whole idea of uh, MSP success. And that's what we're here to do today to talk about MSP success. And I'm seeing it being discussed at the moment through uh, the automation of opportunity creation and then also the automation of the transaction management, which is where the powered services um, uh, platform and everything that Kaseya are doing around all those multiple vendors, 12 of them, I think, um, and what ISET are common doing in terms of taking that into you know smooth transaction, frictionless transaction, making sure it happens, making sure you can renew it, making sure you can expand and extend on it. That's all well and good, and that's a lovely little 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 way of summarising all that. But what I want to do now is, and you don't have to mention names, absolutely don't have to mention names, but I want to talk about uh, best practice and 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 have you know several com uh, several you know conversations, if you like, or layers about best practice, about Dan, what you're seeing from your side, and Scott, what you're seeing from your side in in reciprocal to that kind of best practice, because my audience is all about. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah, I think, look, there's a lot of best practices that you can go out there and you can do, I think. But the one that the one common thing that I'm seeing is this is, is that, you know, for from the COVID time, you know, when COVID started and, you know, you, I don't think we're ever going to be able to say it's ended, but it's dramatically changed in the last couple of years. It pushed us to a more digital age. We need it now. The best practices is, is your company. There's like a couple key areas I look at. One, as an MSP, is your website current? Is it speaking to customers or is it speaking tech speak that we all want to do because we're in the tech industry and we want to go out there and do it? If your business website today isn't sending a message to the customer that's looking for you and you're not answering their business challenges, you're probably going to have a problem of them reaching out and connecting with you because almost every MSP's website looks the same. They all claim to be the best, the fastest. We're all proactive. How do you differentiate yourself? Because it leads to the next part of the best practice, which is 
you need to be digitally relevant. You need to be on social media. You need to have your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I was actually just talking to Kevin O'Leary this morning. We were interviewing him for a thing that we're doing. And he talks about how TikTok has changed the game for his businesses. So I think it's really relevant in terms of that space is are you, do you have a website that then your leads from LinkedIn, social media, as you're out there, you're not trying to necessarily get a lead from you know LinkedIn. You're trying to bring awareness of your company. So I, I think from a best practice standpoint, what is your digital strategy? And does it all work? Uh, and you should have a good website that speaks to the customer, know the persona, and your social media marketing should match that. That customer you're targeting, that social media marketing should be targeted to that, to where you're driving that person to come to your website, you're now speaking their language, you're engaging them, and you get them into that buying process. And so many people probably haven't touched their website in years. They probably haven't looked at all the different things. You know, so for me, a best practice is, is consistency, but making sure that you're speaking to the person that you want as a customer, because when you get those leads, you know, the, one of the biggest things, Nick and, and Scott, is I'll ask MSPs this and I'll go, how's your website done? And they're like, well, I got 30 leads off of it, but they were not qualified. Well, they're not qualified because you're not speaking to who you want and you're not drawing those people. And if they came to your website and it said, I want 25 to best IT for 25 to 100 employees and they're a five man shop, they're probably going to be able to make that assumption right away that they're not the right fit. And, and so I think that from a best practice standpoint, I think is one of the biggest misses is people want to go generate leads and they'll focus on LinkedIn first and their website's crap. There's nowhere to go for that lead. There's nowhere to go. So once it gets there, they're like, man, is this company still in business? The last blog was from two years ago. Like you have to stay relevant. So consistency with a digital marketing strategy, in my opinion, is vital. And so many people are missing the mark there. And I think that's why we're in the roles that we're doing uh, is try to support that function.